If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. He's got it! Touchdown, Jack Doyle! And he's going to be brought down inside the 15, and it's going to go to DeForest Buckner. Huge hole! He's at the 30! He's going to go! 10-5! Touchdown, Jonathan Taylor! From the Power Home Solar Studio, let's get the podcast started. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Colts official podcast. We are presented by our friends at WinBet, proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Joining me week in and week out, Miss Lara Overton, Mr. J.J. Stankovitz, and what a show we have today, okay? Once you get done with us, we're going to bring in Mike Reese from ESPN, bring us behind the drapery of the New England Patriots, get a sneak peek into what they're thinking for this huge game coming up Saturday night. And also, why not, ho-hum, we'll bring in the greatest place kicker of all time. It's New England week, so Adam Venateri will join us right now. But first and foremost, guys, we got some help over the weekend without playing any football. Can I get a quick rundown of how great it was sitting on the couch watching your playoff chances improve? Well, how about sitting on an airplane watching your playoff chances improve like Lara had to do <laughs> and then Lara. freaking out when those games go to overtime? Well, And the fact, the fact was, I had to like, I was getting, I was deplaning as it was going into the late in the fourth quarter. So I was like trying to find it, scrambling to find a TV around, find it on the radio, driving home, all of that. It was nuts. So thanks to the San Francisco 49ers, we can probably send a fruit basket to George Kittle. Ayuk! And Brandon Ayuk. And uh, also, I guess we have to send one to Tom Brady and Brashad Perriman. Will never happen. Did not know he was playing in the National Football League, by the Uh, way. No, I remember him (laughs) on the Bears for like a game this year. Um, Those two games, those results with the Bills and the Bengals losing, that bumps the Colts up to sixth in the AFC playoff standing. So the Colts control their own destiny. Now, I know we got games against the Patriots and the Cardinals coming up, the two number one seeds in each conference. I Actually, I don't know if the Cardinals are after they lost last night. But mm-hmm. regardless, two of the best teams in the NFL coming up, Colts win out, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we stand right now. That's, that is the, the initiative. That is the goal. I know the Colts are taking it one game at a time, but if they win out, they're in the playoffs. Okay. I mean, and we got four games left, Lara. I mean, we were talking about Arizona, who we saw get you know dismantled on the Monday night, which is a good thing for this. I, I'm, I'm asking, if this team goes 3-1, and one, are you saying they're a playoff team? Absolutely, and I think that when you look at that, that's partially because these upcoming AFC games mean significantly mm-hmm. more. So to me, if, if, you're, if you end up splitting the next two, you beat New England, but then happen to go to Arizona and take a loss to the Cardinals on Christmas Day— that actually you're still in a great position. So it's not an end-all, be-all, must-win out. Yes, I think you do approach each game as a playoff-like scenario, and you never want to put yourself in a position where you are you know, are scoreboard-watching weeks 17 and 18, hoping for a gift, kind of like the Colts were last right. season. You know, that is recent memory for a lot of these guys, what they had to have happen in order to get into that wild-card spot to open up playoff weekend. So I don't think it's imperative it has to be a 4-0 and final quarter. I think that you could go 3-1 and mm-hmm. if that one loss in particular goes to the Cardinals. To me, though, I don't want to look past at all Saturday night. What the Colts need to do is go in, make a statement against an AFC well, contender, much like kidding. they did against the Buffalo Bills. Yep. To me, mm-hmm. if they take that same mindset and that same approach into this game, you get that result, I think you're feeling really good. And then you've got this good momentum that you can carry forth into the remainder of the season and just continue to climb, continue to build. JJ. I want to I talk about something here. B 
because we're going to get into it with Mike mm-hmm. and with Vinny. But, the, you know, Bill Belichick, uh, he's going to make you play left-handed. He's going to take away the thing you do best. And Frank Reich was asked about this on Monday. And, Larry, he brought up, you know, all right, well, we're 15 weeks into the season. We've got a big inventory of plays that we know work. So we're able to pivot to different things. But I, I want to throw this out there. I-, I feel like a lot of people are assuming that Bill Belichick is going to take away Jonathan Taylor. Sure. That you can just go into this game and number 28 is not going to have a big game. Why? Why are we assuming that? Why are we all of a sudden, I know it's Bill Belichick. Never assume with Belichick, right? I know. Well, ne- uh, well, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, why are we assuming that Frank Reich and Marcus Brady and this offensive line and Jonathan Taylor can't find an answer to that? Well, if they put an eight-man box up there, it's kind of hard to run, JJ. That's what the common fan says. It is, but will the, are they going to do an eight-man box? I don't know. Who knows? What, what I want to emphasize here is that the Colts have a really good offense. Mm-hmm. And really good offenses late in the season often have success. And I, I think we just we should not sit here on Tuesday and assume that on Saturday Jonathan Taylor will rush sixteen times for fifty-four yards. Sure. Jonathan Taylor could have a big game. And if he does, that's a really good sign that the Colts are gonna win. I know there's a stat about the, the Colts and their record is this when a, wait, JT wait, wait, wait. goes is this over 100. A, yeah. is, this your, is this a stank bomb? This isn't. This isn't. This okay, is, you this hold is, on to that because I'm getting I, right back th- to it. This, this is more, I just think we we should not assume that the Colts cannot run the football against the Patriots. No, because I think one of the, the things that you gained was the effectiveness of Tampa Bay. You've got that tape to work with. Mm-hmm. You can look at what they were successful in doing and then modify and manipulate your own game plan for that. And I think having Ryan Kelly back after the one Big game help. absence because of COVID, obviously Danny Pinter did a fantastic Wait, job. Danny Pinter, in. the touchdown maker? Is that who you're talking about? That's right. He that's did play right. a good game in, in Kelly's absence. He played a great game, yep. but there's no replacing your Pro Bowl center. Sure. So, you know, Ryan Kelly is back, and then I also think that we have seen some of the best production of his entire career from Jack Doyle in the run game, blocking and setting up mm-hmm. significant gains and significant touchdowns for Jonathan Taylor. So this is a, a perfect opportunity to really Ooh, I get like your tight game, ends mixing up. I like this game. Players not named Wentz or Taylor, most valuable. Most valuable. Are you saying it's Jack Doyle, number 84? I think it's your entire offensive line. I think it's your tight end, and I think that it is going to be Naheem Hines. Woo! And I think yep. and there it is. Naheem okay, Hines. Okay, now I we're think talking. My, and then I also think that you really just have to vary the offensive play calling. You've got to get the passing game, switch things up, so that you do not allow this Patriots defense to get comfortable. I think I'm looking at Michael Pittman. Yes. Too. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. one of those who has proven you know, his ability to win those one-on-one situations, so I think that this is a great opportunity for him to create some opportunities it, in the passing funny because these games make stars out of players. Like People are like, yes. oh, I heard the name Pittman, but then I saw the man Pittman yep. or Naeem Hines doing something that real special. JJ, we're going to get to Mike Rice. We're going up to New England to find out what is going on with the Patriots, as well as Adam Venateri will be joining us. But I need a stank bomb before we go to New England. All right, so this game, to me, I'm looking at Kenny Moore II, mm-hmm. who has had a fantastic, fantastic season. Walter Payton Man of the Year Woo! nominee. Congrats, Very well-deserved. Hopefully we're talking about him finally getting that Pro Bowl shine that he's earned for a couple of years. But over the last six weeks, Kenny Moore II has a – he's allowed, when he's been targeted, a 48.5 passer rating. That is the third lowest nice. in the NFL in that span. So, I mean, Kenny Moore, Mac Jones, he is still a rookie quarterback. There are still things that Mac Jones has Turnovers. not seen. Turnovers. Turnovers are going to play a huge 
part in this game. The Colts lead the NFL in turnover and takeaways on defense. I believe the Patriots are second. Kenny Moore the second is going to have another interception in this game. He is going to have a huge impact on this game because, again, Mac Jones, I, I, I love the way that he's playing. They're, they're doing great things on offense with him, which we're going to get into with Mike. He's still a rookie. Still a rookie. There are still some things that I think Matty Bifalus can do on defense, scheming things up, and I think Kenny Moore is going to have a big game once again to set the tone for the Colts. And those running backs are dinged up. Up in New England, Lara, the importance, the, the highlight, the energy of this game, the, the, the playoff feel. How long has it been since we had something like this at Lucas Oil Stadium? I, I'm trying to think back, and I mean, this is the one for me in, in recent memory, I think, that really stands out as being that premier matchup that you're going to have. And, you know, this is something we'll talk to Adam about later in our conversation. But, hey, with the AFC looking the way that it is right now, I mean, there's a lot that can happen. This is still a very wide open playoff sure. picture. Football is flat out better when the Patriots and the Colts kind of renew this rivalry are relevant in the month of December and having these type of storied battles that we came to expect kind of through the the 2000s and and that era. And the Colts have, you know, been on the unfortunate side of these battles of late in the past few years. But I think this is a great opportunity where the Colts can prove that they are a playoff contender. Absolute playoff contender as well as those Patriots are as well. Now time to say hi to Mike Reese up in New England from ESPN. brings us behind the drapery that is the New England Patriots. Rock solid Mike Reese. I love this. I love what you do at your job. You're informative. I've been following you for years. You get inside that iron curtain in New England. You give us some tidbits here and there, Mike Reese. I know it's different (laughs) up there, but man, keep up the great work. Just right out of the gate, gotta tell you, I enjoy your coverage of the New England Patriots. It fires me up. Jeffrey, I I love this, right? Like, so here we are. We're mid-December. We got meaningful football. Colts, Patriots. Like, I I just, it makes me so happy. We've all been through so much, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the last two years. And I'm just like, like, for me, like, what makes me happy? Like, family, football, like, and so I just, it's just, it's such a great place, and I can't wait for Saturday night. Yeah, this is playoff atmosphere here in Indianapolis. It is. I mean, it's incredible. We haven't had a game like this big. We were talking about it possibly since Peyton came back wearing a different uniform. So all the world will be watching, Mike Reese. My first question, I'm going to open it up to this staff because we've got a lot of questions. I don't know who your football team is. All I know is that they're putting points up at a huge rate. They're winning seven games in a row. Uh, They're putting up 36 on the likes of Tennessee. They're blank teams, 45 against Cleveland. I really don't know who you guys are as a football team yet, and I'm not alone on this. What do you think makes this team click? And you cannot answer Bill Belichick. Okay, I won't answer Bill Belichick, and what I'm going to tell the longtime Colts fans is to think back to the early 2000s. So let's take ourselves back to the early Peyton Manning, Tom Brady years. And it's easy to forget what those Patriots teams were like back in those days. It was not a high-flying offense as much as it was a hard-hitting, fundamentally sound defense complementing an opportunistic special teams units and then an offense that takes care of the ball, plays smart, 
can run it and can can put up points, but it's really a unit that is complemented by a defense and special teams to create a full three-phase picture of good, solid football. Mike, the the Patriots this offseason did something we haven't really seen them do, and that's go on a spending spree. You know, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and of course Matt Judon. Um, how has that that approach to this offseason, how has that impacted who the Patriots are as a team, and how have those guys fit in with this team? So it has significantly impacted the team, the franchise, when you consider this. In guaranteed money, the Patriots spent, and I don't have the exact number, but I'm going to just give you the ballpark, $170 million guaranteed money on their free agent class. And, and I, 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 I give you that number because I would go back to 1994 when Robert Kraft purchased the Patriots, and he purchased the team for the amount of money that they guaranteed contracts <laughs> this year. So I, I just, like, to me, it was almost like, holy cow, what got into you, Bill Belichick? I, I, was, I think I joke, I call him Billy Big Bucks, you know, back in the offseason. Um, so they had to do it because the talent on the team had dipped because of some drafts that were not so great, you know, back five years ago, six years ago, four years ago, however you want to measure it out. So they needed to take the opportunity they had with a lot of cap space and a lot of money to spend after the prior year of not having cap space and not having a lot of money to spend and try to use it as a strategic opportunity to replenish the cupboard. And they felt like it was a, a, a great opportunity because a lot of teams around the league didn't have cap space because the cap had actually gone down across the NFL. So sort of unique circumstances across the board. And Mike, you mentioned unique circumstances. Both of these organizations in positions of having first-year quarterbacks and coming off of situations that you had one-year quarterbacks prior to. The Patriots had the year of Cam Newton. The Colts had the year of Phillip Rivers. And the Colts and Patriots, two of the seven teams to invest a first-round pick in a quarterback in 2021. The Colts via trade with Philly for Carson Wentz. And, of course, the draft pick by the Patriots for Mac Jones, 15th overall Who deserves the bulk of the credit for what you're seeing from Mac Jones and how impressive he's been in his rookie campaign? These are always tough questions. And so remember at the start of our conversation, I think it was Jeffrey said, you can't say Bill Belichick, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Can, Can I say Bill Belichick, but can I put it with a caveat? Okay. So here's why I'm going to say Bill Belichick deserves the bulk of the credit. Because I truly believe that if Mac Jones ended up in Jacksonville with the Jets, with the Bears, Mm. that we would not see what we're seeing this year. I didn't put the 49ers in there because I actually think if he went third to the 49ers, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw something similar. Because I think Kyle Shanahan is an excellent coach, and I think Mack would have been excellent with him. But those other three teams that took quarterbacks in the first round, 
to me, they don't have the same infrastructure that the mm-hmm. Patriots have under Bill Belichick. And I think that is so critical. And I want to I want to give credit to the Colts here because I would say the same thing about Carson. Like I think Frank Wright and the staff and the culture and the program has put Carson in the best position to succeed. And I think the same thing for Mac. Now, all that being said, like we can't give it all to Belichick. We can't give it all to Coach Wright because the players still got to go out and do it, right? And there's where the credit, some credit needs to go to the you know, Mac for how this hasn't been too big for him and how week to week he's been able to adjust and adapt to how the Patriots want to play and to bring Carson into it, the same thing. Like, he still, and you guys have watched it a lot closer than me, like, he still had to make the throws when the, the gotta have it situation. So, obviously, it's a combination, but I, I do lean more towards the coaches and the culture and the GMs, however you want to put it, in this conversation. And both teams coming off a bye as we go into this Saturday night primetime game at Lucas Oil Stadium. But prior to that, The Patriots played a wild Monday night game there in Buffalo, that 14-10 win on Monday night football. Between that win and the way in which they did it, that Mac Jones just handed the ball off the entire time, and they were able to find ways to win the seven-game win streak that they are currently on. How indicative is that, that this Patriots team is capable of by way of putting itself in good position, utilizing the tools it has, and also exploiting the weaknesses of other teams, has found ways to be able to win in a multitude of different ways as this season has evolved. Well, I just think you worded it perfectly. It's like whatever it takes, right? Like three passes in a game, like that is just unheard of. Um, so obviously, you know, franchise record, They the last time they – had that few passes thrown in a game was five in 1982 in a game they called the snowplow game mm. up here in New England because they had a um, a worker come out and clear a spot for a field goal and a three nothing win over the Dolphins. So, um, and to me, like that's when you know you have a good team. Mm-hmm. When hey, you need to outscore this team, like you can go outscore them. Here, you need to play the elements. You can play the elements. You need the defense to step up and come up with a big stop to win a game. Like, you got that. And so I just I think you worded it perfectly. That's what the Patriots have going for them. They're not like, um, you know, a powerhouse that, that is necessarily – you look at them and say, wow, wow. But they just methodically can wear you down if you're not on your game. Mike Reese, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, covering the New England Patriots. Follow him on Twitter. I'm telling you right now, at Mike Reese. Also on Instagram, at Mike Reese Patriots. Bill Belichick ultimately is the defensive coordinator for this football team. Is that an accurate statement? Um, so it's it's complicated because he's not calling the, 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 the plays on defense. Like, you'll watch Saturday night. And it'll be Steve Belichick, the outside linebackers coach, who's calling the defense. Now, that being said, you'll watch the sideline when the offense is out on the field, and Bill will have usually members of the front seven gathered around him, and he's coaching. You know, you might, you might think at that point he's the defensive coordinator, the defensive line coach, the inside linebackers coach, outside linebackers coach, however you want to word it. Like, he's right in there. Like, defense is still his baby. So, I don't know. 
you know, like, I don't know how, how I would say, like, I don't think he's the defensive coordinator in terms of, I don't think he's leading the meetings during the week when, the, when it's just the defense, but he's definitely involved in what they're doing. Mike, so let's let's stick on the defense because we, we've already heard this week, uh, you know, Frank Reich gets some questions about, all right, you know, Bill Belichick is going to take away the thing that you do best. And for the Colts, that is giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. The, the Patriots run defense, though, I'm curious your thoughts on them because just kind of pulling up some numbers, uh, they're just kind of you know they're good, maybe not great, but they're this is a te- this is a defense that's great against the pass. How do you see Belichick devising a defense this week, knowing that if he can stop Jonathan Taylor, like what what's the push pull on that? Does he trust his yeah. back end enough to commit resources to the front, maybe putting eight guys in the box? knowing that guys like J.C. Jackson on the back end can make plays, or does he is he cognizant that the Colts can pass the ball and maybe doesn't overcommit resources to the front? What do you think that, that push-pull is for him? So, very interesting. The first thing I would say is throw out the numbers. I actually wrote on this uh, here Tuesday morning on ESPN.com because I was surprised when I looked at it. Like, the Patriots ranked 19th in the NFL mm-hmm. in both – opponents average yards per rush 4.4 per carry and rushing yards per game around 115 if i have the number off the top of my head they gave up 270 rushing to the titans you know on november 28th so at times like the numbers got have gotten away from them but situationally they're an excellent run defense like third and short fourth and short like, they make you earn every yard. So I would start with that. Be careful of putting too much stock into the numbers with the run defense. Now, as for the push and pull, I'm really curious to how the Patriots match up defensively to the Colts. So a lot of times they'll play a big nickel, and that's how they manage the push and pull. So it's six in the box, and they, they ask the big guys to hold up at the line of scrimmage, and they get some good defensive linemen and linebackers who can do that with three safeties and two corners in the back end. And and that's generally, like, if you want to make an educated guess, that is often how they manage that. Okay, we want to be strong enough in the back end because we still need to respect the pass, but we got to shut down that run, and we think we can do it with six in the box with maybe some safety support with one of those three safeties. I'm curious to see if they do that or if they load up and play more of a pure base 3-4. Mike, there's always a lot of conversation when these two teams meet about the history, the storied rivalry between Indianapolis and New England dating back to the Tom Brady-Peyton Manning battles. But this has really been lopsided in the last decade or so in which the Patriots have, have certainly dominated these meetings. How exciting is it to see these two teams back in playoff contention, playing these meaningful games in December, going head-to-head and doing it in this environment at Lucas Oil Stadium that is always one of those that, you know, the crowd is into it. There's always those stories back from the RCA Dome days of how loud it would get, how hostile it could get. How fun is it to have this renewed somewhat in 2021? Oh, you can't see me, but I'm just smiling as you say that. and I'm going to tip off something that I am going to write for the, the morning of the game on ESPN, and it's that, like, the Patriots haven't been to Lucas Oil since 2015. Jeez. And 
we need to look back and appreciate that rivalry and all those memories that these two organizations have created. Like, I know, like, you mentioned lopsided, and it's interesting. Like, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I'll never forget 2005 when the Colts Neither will we. got over the hump, right? <laughs> like, in Foxborough, when Marvin Harrison, of all people, like, had that emphatic spike of the football, remember? Big time. After he scored the like, like, those, like, we could make a list, maybe we should, of, like, 20 moments that, like, resulted because of the rivalry between teams. So maybe the end result has favored the Patriots in totality, but I feel like there have been great moments along the way for both teams within the rivalry. I'm just so excited. So I am going to look into that and sort of spin forward to say, hey, maybe this is like a new chapter with Mac and Carson uh, to marry up all the great moments we had seen in the past. Well, yeah, let's keep this rivalry rolling. Mike Reese from uh, ESPN covering the New England Patriots, trying to get you behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a two-part question. Has Belichick ever rolled his eyes at you at a press conference or glared at you? <laughs> and and also, also, if you are, are in July, you're both on Martha's Vineyard outside the ice cream shop, does Belichick <laughs> say hi to Mike Reese? <laughs> Okay, has he rolled his eyes? It's usually more of a growl, <laughs> you know, um, I, and I can sense it when it's coming, you know, it's right. usually when I'm about to ask an injury question, sure. like I did this week with Adrian Phillips and Damian Harris. Or, um, but the one thing I would say is it's two different people from the press conference setting to the non-press conference setting, and it's never personal it's always just about the football with him and so this is a little behind the curtain and i i hope he doesn't mind me sharing it because I'm, I'm i've become more sensitive to this over the years because i do think like the personal relationships we have with people are somewhat sacred because they are personal but bill does send out holiday cards to people um and that's when you know that well things might get tense at times um, and it can be uncomfortable at times that it's all sort of in the course of, um, you know, daily press coach relations, and it's never anything beyond that. Are you and getting Christmas they're... cards, Reese? Yes or no? <laughs> Are you? He's one of his guys. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm just going to sort of leave that one there for you to, to just sort of just toss it out there. Like uh, I love it, man. You know, and I, yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Hey, you do a great job on ESPN showing us what's going on in New England. Obviously, it's fun to cover this team when they're winning like that, and, and I can't wait to read your book on Belichick when it's all said and done because that's oh going to be a great one. But, Mike Reese, I sure appreciate the time. We're, we've got a national television audience coming in, a uh, huge crowd. Every All eyes are on this matchup again, and it's kind of like Lara had pointed. We're brewing up this rivalry again. So it's an exciting time. I can't wait to see you on the field come Saturday. I love it, and I'm keeping an eye on the turnovers. Like you, you all know, the Colts plus thirteen sure. turnover differential, best in the league. Patriots not far behind, tied for third in the league, plus ten. So we often say turnovers will determine the game. Like this is one of those where it's probably true, right? Right. Based on those. 
statistic. Absolutely. I kind of think you're you're liking the Colts in this one, the way you came up with that turnover stat. So, I mean, I'm just trying to read between the lines here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing I did with the Kisses guys. I'm just Conversation. I know Adam Vinatieri is possibly in the mix here. He's coming Adam up next. Say hello to him for me. What a great story and what a great perspective like he has on this whole thing. And um, just, uh, just awesome stuff. And I love the enthusiasm and the passion that we're all sort of sharing here. Awesome, man. So much fun with you. Mike Reese, at Mike Reese on Twitter, at Mike Reese Patriots on Instagram. Follow him. He's a great one. Have a good day, sir. We'll see you on the field come Saturday. Thanks, Mike. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Now we bring in royalty uh, yet again, Adam Venateri, joining the Colts' official podcast, brought to you by our friends at WinBet. AV, I I love seeing you. Last time I did it, we were at a party celebrating Peyton Manning, getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, We had a nice chat there, and I got to start there, V. I got to start right there. Did it get your juices flowing a little bit, seeing what goes on (laughs) at the Hall of Fame? Because you know this, okay? And I'm not going to – I know you're going to be humble and everything, but you're going in, brother. So you got to think about parties. You got to think about invites and all that stuff. Does that stuff come up when you're down there in Canton? Well, it was fun. We definitely had an enjoyable time there seeing all of uh, old teammates and people from across the league that uh, wanted to come in and celebrate and, and uh, you know, just just enjoy their time with with uh, with Peyton and, and doing that. So that was that was all, first and foremost that we uh, had a amazing weekend seeing a bunch of the guys and and uh, that was a lot of fun as far as i'm concerned yeah hopefully i make it you know i got my fingers crossed and if okay. i'm fortunate enough to do it my party should be pretty fun as well <laughs> absolutely is adam venetary the best to ever play his position is our guest here on the colts official podcast and we know what's coming up on saturday night national television audience lucas oil stadium does this thing get you you know I, you've been out of the game for a little bit you played for both teams obviously does this thing still get you fired up when these two teams meet Oh, for sure. This will be a this will be a huge game. I mean, obviously, it's playoff implications for both teams. You know, you know, Patriots are trying to keep that number one seed, and, and the Colts, quite frankly, you know, I, I, the way I look at it, we probably need to win at least three of the last four to, yep, to yep. have a shot of getting in. So this is a huge game for both teams. Um, you know, and and the way I see it is. Uh, the better team's going to, you know, it, it, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Nationally televised games are always exciting. You know, I know most of the guys that are there don't remember the whole Josh McDaniels debacle and all that stuff when, when Frank got hired. Sure. And, and so, you know, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to the players. I mean, honestly, because it's so far removed and a lot of them weren't there. But I know it means something to the fans. It will be loud and crazy, and and everybody will be fired up. So it's going to be a playoff-type atmosphere. And, and you know, when you get to December, every game starts to become playoff-ish implications anyway. So might as well start, uh, start Saturday night. Adam, this team has been, you know, very vocal and very candid about, hey, we know we dug ourselves into a hole. We put ourselves in position where we basically, you know, all things considered, kind of have to win out or at least certainly be playing our most consistent best ball in December, not leave this to the scoreboard watching at the end of this season. And you were part of, you know, that deficit the team drug them, dug themselves into back in 2018, then, you know, went into the playoffs, had like an incredible finish uh, to close out the season. What have you seen in the last month or so from this team in particular that indicates they're capable of going on that type of run that we saw from that group that was so special that you were a part of a couple seasons ago well you're absolutely right I think this team has 
uh, a ton of talent. I mean, obviously our defense is, is I, I really love watching our defense because we're super aggressive. We've got guys uh, on the backside like Kenny Moore and some of those guys that, that seem to make big plays and turnovers and change the momentum of the game and, and really give uh, a, an advantage for us. Jonathan Taylor, man, I'm having so much fun watching this guy play. He is uh, he is dynamic, and and hopefully he's still, you know, in the talks for the for the league MVP. I mean, I, it's 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 awesome watching us. You know, that's the formula: good defense, being able to run the ball. You know, obviously Carson's playing very well, and if you have a quarterback that can make plays and and uh, and you can run the ball, you can go a long way. So, you know, I, I see it this way. You're absolutely right. We lost a couple. We they lost a couple of games early in the season that you look back at and you go, oh my gosh, how did we let that one get away from us? I think there's been maybe three different games that we probably should have won that we didn't kind of thing um and you know if you win those games you're sitting really really good but the nice thing is is that when you're in december and all the goals are still sitting there in front of you you've got reasons to come to work and and bust your butt every single day uh, you know they've got they've got everything in front of them and and i'm sure this week is no different they're, they're it's all about business and trying to trying to get a big win this weekend so you know yeah you know it, ultimately ultimately at this point you know, it's it's almost uh, you know every game is super important, but they're all important early in the year. But but now it comes down to the you 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 have to keep winning. So this will be a good one. This will be a fun one for everybody. As a kicker, is there something that you can appreciate about how rare it is to play these final four games, none of which are going to be in the elements because you're at Lucas Oil against the Patriots <laughs> and against the Raiders, and then you go to Arizona and you finish things up at Jacksonville, so you don't have any of those wild Buffalo or Foxborough or Green Bay type of situations that you know you're kicking into in the month of December and January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit more comfortable, I guess, thinking that you can just rely on your skills and not have to worry about elements and and what the kicking surface is going to be. I, I watched that Buffalo game and I just laughed. I saw Pat's tweets about you know the weather and all that stuff, and I just kind of laughed and said, "Man, I remember you know my twenty some years of playing. I played up there at least ten or fifteen times, right. and it seems like." damn near every time you're having some sort of weather and I don't care if it's September, it could be snowing. So yeah, there's certain places that you just, you look at and you hope that you get lucky and get some good weather, but uh, it's nice when you have a couple dome games at home and then Arizona should be great weather. Jacksonville's probably going to be nice. So yeah, not having to worry about some of that stuff and just, and quite, and quite frankly, just the best team wins rather than having to worry about weather conditions and changing your game plan is a beautiful thing. Hey, Adam, we, we were talking earlier uh, before we had Jan about the, the biggest games at Lucas Oil Stadium recently. And, and, you know, we talked about that game in 2013 against Denver where Peyton came back and the atmosphere of that game. Maybe this game Saturday will be the biggest game, the best atmosphere at Lucas Oil Stadium since that game. What What is it like at Lucas Oil Stadium when you've got that intensity from the crowd and that buzz and that juice for these big games. What is it like as a player in those games? Oh, it's, you, you know, honestly, home field and, and when they're loud and electric, it, it, it just does so much for you. You know, it, it, you know, the lulls of a game, you know, everybody's excited <clears throat> at the very first play of the game and then it kind of wears off and gets into a normal game. But having that, loud atmosphere on you know when it's third down for the other team or or a big play happens it's just you just love that 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 emotion and that excitement in the in the stadium and and being able to 
feed off of that or you know quite frank it makes it tough on a quarterback if 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 they can't make their calls and stuff so you know it's still 11 on 11 it always has been always will be but having that home field advantage when they're when they're loud and and, and the key is is Colts have to play well enough to to keep the crowd fired up and you know everybody always talks about it you know take the crowd out of the game by by making plays well we have to make plays to keep the crowd excited the whole the whole game long and and if they can do that um, yeah, that that's a huge advantage, and uh, it makes a big difference in my mind. Future Hall of Famer and a great follow on Twitter, at Adam Venateri. Again, as it sounds, at Adam Venateri, the Future Hall of Famer. Follow him on Twitter. I'll get into A.J. Venateri. We may have another Venateri who's kicking on Sundays, but give me a minute on that one. What did you learn from Belichick. Here's what Belichick said about you. When he was winning championships, the best player on our football team is our kicker. Okay? That's what you meant to New England. I want to know what Belichick instilled into you that brought you into your career with Indianapolis where, Adam Venateri, you were a team leader in that locker room. As a place kicker, you were a team leader. What did Belichick teach you about being a pro and the consistency and longevity of your career? Well, you know, ultimately... I've got a huge admiration and respect for Coach Belichick. He he always seemed to be able to get the best out of all of his players. You know what I mean? So if you were – he just what, – what I thought he did really well, and, and it reminds me of guys like Brady and Peyton, is they understand X's and O's so well. They can, they can make a game plan with, hey, these are my best players. These are maybe my, you know, weaker spots mm-hmm. or maybe not the dominant spots. And they can make a game plan, game plan to make uh, – I, I remember Belichick always used to say, you know, they're going to have to beat us left-handed. So I'm going to take your best players away, and if you can find a way to still beat us, well, great. And I think ultimately that's what makes his team so good is they always find a way to stay in the game at the end of the game. And, and you know, ultimately I think, you know, for him to say that, I, I laugh. Uh, there were so many great, great, great players on that team. But I think what what he appreciated in me is is in, in all of his players is is he could trust that they were going to do their job when the time came and 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 ultimately there was a lot of games that the way his philosophy and the way he set up a game plan it was going to be a tight game at the end and he expected me to make a kick at the end to, to win the game and and more times than not it happened that way so ultimately you're damn right yeah. it did. <laughs> well, hopefully, when I came to <laughs> came to India, it worked the same way too. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I just I I just think that that he has a a very unique way of keeping his team composed and playing at the best of their level and never and never dipping down and and like never like getting complacent. They they're always ready to play and and that's the challenge that that the Colts have this weekend is is and I don't think there's much of a challenge in that because honestly if you can't get fired up for this game uh you, what you you know you can't get fired up at all this is going to be this is going to be two two major heavyweights you know shooting for I don't want to say for the title but this is a this is a game that's going to feel like a playoff game and, and you got to find a way to win this one so for sure I think that's that's the game plan there are so many storied battles between these two franchises, and this is an AFC picture that continues to be pretty wide open as we head into this final quarter of this season. How much better is football, how much better is the AFC when you have a situation in which the Colts and the Patriots are both relevant teams in this stretch of the season, battling, contending, and looking to kind of bring out the best in each other? 
For sure. I, I tell you what, this season's been exciting because, like you said, just just this weekend alone, three or four teams went from being, you know, if the season ended today, what what worked, what teams were in the playoffs before this weekend versus which ones were out. I mean, there were three or four teams that jumped around, and, and you know, there's not a clear number one team out there. So come December, everybody's fighting for a playoff spot, for the number one seed, for for what it went in their division. I mean, it's that's what football is kind of supposed to be about you know it's every every fan across the country can still be cheering for their team for the most part because there's so many teams that are still in this so uh yeah it's it's exciting it's a it's a heck of a lot of fun you know for 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 people that that love fantasy football and whatever but just for for us people that just watch our hometown team and and cheer them on it's it's a ton of fun watching and and ultimately, there's going to be so much movement in the next four weeks. It's going to be kind of cool to see how it ends up. How do you, or how did you, as a player, when you know you needed some help for whether it was seeding, home field advantage, or just making the playoffs? How did you handle quote unquote scoreboard watching? Is that something that we on the outside <laughs> kind of make into a bigger deal than it actually is, or were you you know watching these games on? You know, Thursday night, Monday no, night, being like, all right, go no, Chargers. Absolutely. We're, we're watching. I remember there was one time uh, where uh, we, we – I think I was actually in New England at the time that we needed to win and somebody else had to lose. And then it got even – I think – I remember one game. It had nothing to do with, with me or our team, but I think it was like Green Bay was one of the teams and somebody else, and they had all the tiebreakers that came down to who scored more points, and it was like a shootout. They weren't playing each other. They were playing two different teams, and both teams were trying to make more points, and it was 45 to whatever, and all oh, this other team scored, so now we need to score another touchdown. They already won the game, if you will, but they, they were – dealing with that and and that's kind of the fun thing when you're when you're watching the scoreboard i mean you're you're it's always best to have your your own destiny in your own hands and you can if we win we're in kind of thing but uh it's always a little hair raising when you're sitting back there going hey we need xyz to lose and you know hey are they and the crazy thing is when there's nothing to play for that last week or two now they're not playing their starters, so are they going to win versus this? You know, that's the that's the part that that really sucks when you're when you're expecting a team that should win, but they're resting their players and they're not going to play those guys. That's when it's kind of like, oh my gosh, you know. So yeah, no, there's there's a ton of scoreboard watching. There's a ton of of watching who plays. Um, you know, hey, if we're playing Saturday night, who's going to play Sunday? That could potentially make a difference for us. That kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's. It, it happens for sure. It even happens during the game when when uh, when the, the the scoreboard or the or the big screen kicks on the scores around the league. Trust me, people are paying attention. The players are definitely play, paying attention. <laughs> At Adam Venateri on Twitter, he is now considered a friend of this show. I so appreciate it, Av. I I, I brought up your son, AJ Venateri, who's having success at the high school level. I, how tough is that for a kid like that when your dad's giving you pointers and he's the very best ever to do something like you've done? Is that tough? I I, I put you you and Peyton in the same sentence, saying I think it'd be tough for you guys to be coaches because. They can't do it as good as you guys did it. You know what I'm saying? So how is that, uh, uh, you know, teaching your son your craft and obviously this huge success that he's having in high school? Well, I tell you what, I'm probably the world's biggest critic when it comes to that. So I always always tell him, I take it with a grain of salt. I said, when you get my praise, you're doing a very good job. 
and it and I have to remember when I when I come home and I'm like, man, that was just just an average day. And I go, wait a second, he's an 18 year old kid. Right. He's not a he's not Pat McAfee or or Rigoberto <laughs> Sanchez or or whoever. You know, I sit there and I look at it and I go, you know, consistency is what keeps guys in the National Football League, but high school guys who haven't played nearly as long are not usually quite as consistent. So I always I. I I am a huge critic, and but but the other part is is I've, I've I've we worked out with with some of the other guys that are in the league and stuff, and and for them they they say some stuff to him too to kind of co-sign on how I'm trying to coach a little bit, and uh, I think I think he respects it. I think he understands you know the the deal, and uh, it's it's tough for him at times though. You know, honestly, we we're playing against. Uh, other other teams and and they're heckling him mm-hmm. because he's my kid you know not because sure. of anything that's happening on the game and, and and i just said hey no matter what the platform is if you continue to play in college um it's only going to get worse because your <laughs> right. name's not going to go away and uh yeah they're going to give you a hard time so you either you either handle it or you, you find something else to do if you can't but uh he embraces it he loves it he, he thinks it's fun and funny and so uh, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's had a he, he had a nice high school career, and I'm excited to chase him around in college somewhere and see where he's going to go. I remember having a conversation with your former teammate Jeff Saturday. We went down to Georgia to cover him as he was coaching high school football, and he talked about having to dial it back from working with you know Peyton for so many years, and then Aaron Rodgers, and then you go in kind of with that same intensity. And he said he was bringing all this information, and the kids were like drinking out of a fire hose, like they're like just so overwhelmed. <laughs> so he's like, I just had to start dialing things back, you know, keeping it more simple. But that was like one of the bigger adjustments from him was scaling it back from, of course, playing with some of the greatest players of all time, and then going to coaching, you know, at a small uh, high school in Georgia. But uh, your son. Very interestingly, one of his teammates this year, and Zionsville went to the state championship game, played at Lucas Oil Stadium, Eugene Hilton, the son of T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton. How cool is that for your son to have a teammate of yours on his team as well and to see kind of this next generation coming up? Because I remember talking with T.Y. early in the season, and he was so excited to watch Eugene and what yeah. he was doing. on the. I think he was playing JV at the time. Yep, I tell you what. Well, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in the Hilton family because Eugene, although he was just a freshman this year, he he worked his way all the way up to the varsity team, and he is a dynamic. I mean, you can see a lot of similarities with him. His his fluid motion. His I mean, he can just juke guys out. You're just like, <laughs> man, where do you? Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, you're a Hilton. That makes sense. But hands are so good. He was one of our punt returners that he just caught the ball cleaner than most any high school kid could. I mean, just, you just watch that and you go, is it, is it genetics or, 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 you know, he's, he's a very good athlete. And and going back to what Jeff Saturday said about dialing down, I started laughing when you were saying it because so many times I, you're exactly right. I had to, I had to not dumb it down, but just make it a little bit more basic and then reteach it and reteach it every week. And, and I just sat there and I'm like, how many times do I got to teach the same thing? <laughs> but it's just a diff- it's just a different level. And these, these young kids maybe haven't heard certain techniques and we've heard them for 20 years. So uh, now I, I, I did remember calling Bubba Ventrone, uh, you know, special teams coach at the Colts and, and Tom McMahon, who is in Denver now. I, I called him and I said, Hey, really appreciate you guys. I didn't realize the frustration levels until I started coaching these guys, and now I get it. So they both laughed and told me, "Well, good, you know, keep it up." But, but yeah, it's uh, it's a different level. It's it's 
football at its purest level when it's just about fun and not about money and this and that and all the different stuff. So high school is, is when it's super pure and super fun. But yeah, it, I was pulling my hair out a lot this year thinking about, Oh my God, why don't you guys know what you, you know, how to, how to do this. But, but to their credit, they, they were hanging on every word and they did their, they did a damn good job and and really paid attention and really tried to learn. So I, I I really loved the experience there. It was so much fun. So, you know, everybody's got to be around that high school level if they can get a chance, because that's when it's just, just about football and just pure fun. Pure fun is right. Adam Benateri, the best place kicker in the history of the game is here on the Colts official podcast. We got the Patriots on Saturday night. So to hell with them. I know they're a big part of your storied career in the NFL, but right now I say to hell with them. Can you, can you give our fans a little insight of what it's like playing in this city, uh, going back to the Bill Polian days, obviously with Tony Dungy, through a couple different regimes, the Ursay family always intact. What's so special about being an Indianapolis Colt? Well, I'll tell you what, it is definitely a, a special place here. And it starts, it obviously starts at the ownership. Uh, Jim Ursay and, and the family, they do anything and everything they can to, to help us um, be as successful as possible. And that, that's everything from making sure the nutrition in the, in the, in the cafeteria is there to some of the finest locker room, training room facilities. They do anything and everything we, they can to, to give us a competitive edge. And that goes a long, long way. Cause I don't think every organization's that way. So Jim or thank you so much for, for, for doing that and keeping our team competitive. And then I tell you what, you know, our fans, I, you know, India's, one of those places that they're, they're, you know, you play at different areas. You play Buffalo or you play in New England. You play in, you know, Philly. And those fans are notorious. Or the Black Hole in, in Oakland. You know, those fans are notorious for throwing stuff and cussing you out and that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. Colts fans, different. I mean, they're just supportive super loud, super loving on the players, and, and it's it's a different atmosphere. Like, I know when we first moved here, my wife's like, wow, I can bring the kids to the game and I don't have to worry about all the cuss words. <laughs> wow, that, you okay. Know, the stuff that I'm going to have to shelter them from, <laughs> right. you know, and that's, that's saying something. So, uh, you know, Colts fans are awesome. The, the family, the organization's awesome. It starts, I mean, you have to have great players. You have to have great coaches. That goes without saying, and, and – and, uh, I, you know, when Bill Polian was here, I think he was literally the master at, at bringing in personnel that just, I mean, when I look back at that Super Bowl run team, and, and even when I was in, in New England playing against the Colts, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole team, you'd go down the list and you're like, oh my God, every one of these guys are Pro Bowl, not Pro Bowlers, all Pro guys. I mean, they're just the best in the league. So, you know, to be able to find the personnel and to be able to, to do that under under a salary cap to make sure that you can keep an organization together like he did, you know, and then, you know, you talk about, you talk about guys we mentioned, you know, Peyton Manning, you got a quarterback like him. um, You're going to win a ton of games. I mean, I just think that he is one of the, you know, and Tom Brady, when he was in India, I mean, there's, there's guys out there. Wentz is playing great too, but I just think a guy like, like, like Peyton, man, I can't say enough good stuff about him because I know when I came here, Obviously, the Dungy staff and all them great coaches. But when you have basically a, a head coach, coordinator, anything as your quarterback, you know, when you've got a guy that's that smart, that knows everything that's going on, you just have such a huge advantage. And and I, you know, when we had Peyton, I figure like we're going to win twelve games sure. every year. And if it's a given. we stay healthy, we're going to win a lot more. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a given almost. So you know, it 
it's been uh, uh, an unbelievable run what the what the Colts have done the last couple of decades, and and I don't see it going away anytime soon. The way that the, the way that they've built this team back up, they're they're going to be good for a long, long time, and it starts this weekend. I'm going to give you a little heads up here, Adam Benatari. If you are at the barn on Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium, those cameras are going to find you <laughs> and put you up on the big screen. <laughs> so you better be ready, fan, because you're going to have over sixty thousand people cheering for you come Saturday. Well, I'm going to be cheering right along with them. All right. Adam, so appreciate the time. The best to ever do it in the National Football League. Place kicker Adam Benateri. And we know he'll be going into Canton, the Hall of Fame, soon enough and hopefully with a horseshoe on his shoulder. So well, that's for another discussion, but we'll get there, Adam Benateri. <laughs> I appreciate the time, <laughs> brother. Good. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. Adam Vettiteri right there. And, and I tell you what, could not have a better guest on for a game like this because as, as J.J. said earlier, Lara said earlier, this one is the biggest game in Lucas Oil Stadium. Could be in seven, eight years. You are right, Jeffrey. <laughs> Get to Lucas Oil Stadium this Saturday. Watch it on TV. Do whatever you can. This is the biggest game we have seen in Indianapolis in a really long time. I'm fired up. I don't know that there's a better like Saturday for Indianapolis sports fans, Central oh, yeah. Indiana yep. sports fans. You've got Crossroads Classic going on over at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, and then you know the the premier event of the evening is going to be Patriots at Colts. Like, what a great day! Like, watch some incredible college basketball early on in the day. Enjoy that. You've got you know Purdue Notre Dame, IU and Butler all playing there, facing off, and then you know headlining the whole deal is going to be Colts and of and course Patriots. everybody shows up. Up to Touchdown Town to listen to J.J. Stankovitz uh, right. on, on yeah. the pregame show. Yeah, they Pop might also want to, you know, tailgate a little and, you know, peruse yep. and all come, of that. Come see so. Jeffrey and the, the pregame show. And bring food, too, bring if you're food. out there. Yeah, bring, Jeff- bring Jeffrey, food. half the time, I, I try to involve him in my segments on the pregame show. He He's does. got food in his mouth. He's so great, yeah. Bring he, some more food for Jeffrey. Just got to get ready for the game. Folks, you got to get fueled up. Yeah, yeah we do. Hey, absolutely. real quick, I want to end this segment. See, people are like, end the show, end the show. I want, I want your favorite song with... With Saturday in it, because Saturday's such a huge game at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's the only game at 8 o'clock. All eyes will be on us. So I'm going to start with an old Bay City roller classic that goes, you guys are too young to remember this, but it goes S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Oh, yeah. Night. I remember that from S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. a Planters commercial. D-A-Y. Night. My mic's going out. I'm singing so loud. So give me something, folks. This is a big Saturday. Give me something. I'm sure it's going to be from Jay-Z, possibly Alicia Keys. Who knows? It could be uh, Harry Chapin. I don't know. I mean, you know, Ludacris from... Uh, Give me he, it. He's, he's got a song called yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, Can you sing it? That's what I'm trying to get no, to. No, I can't. JJ. I mean, yeah. Lara? Um, I mean, I'm going to pay homage to the music greatness and the Jim Ursay collection. Yes. And one of, you know, the very best... Uh, performers that we have and that is elton john saturday night's all right for fighting, fighting and indeed it, it is Lara, let's fight you on win. saturday night you know i'm always ready to throw a punch you Jeffrey. win and do not get into square do not get into a uh, scrum don't do it don't get in a scrum with lara overton because you'll lose for jj stankovitz and miss lara overton i'm jeffrey gorman a big thanks to mike reese from espn who joined us and of course the greatest kicker of all time adam venateri here on new england week i appreciate both of their times folks it's easy to follow us you can find us at colts.com also download the colts app follow jj stankovitz on twitter at jj stankovitz also miss lara overton at lara overton i'm at hey gorman we do it week in and week out a big thanks to our friends at WinBet. we are presented by them the colts official podcast go colts we'll see you next week.